So, wow, we're excited to have on Below the Belt show an actor from an Oscar-nominated film, uh, as you see my background, and that's Mank, which is available on Netflix uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, he plays Tommy, and uh, we're excited to have him on, Sean Persaud. Hi. Did I get the pronunciation of the last name, Persaud? You did. All right. That was great. Awesome. Awesome. That was great. Thanks. Good to have you on BTB. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks. Absolutely, man. Wow. Sean, you got to be on Cloud Nine. I mean, you're in an Oscar-nominated film directed by David Fincher, starring an amazing cast, including Gary Oldman, Amanda Seyfried, Lily Collins. I mean, they're just so, some of my favorites right there. First of all, talk about, um, I guess, how you got involved with the film and the audition process. I mean, um, obviously, it's a great, great role to, to be cast in. Just to yeah, be a part it of was, the movie, generally. Yeah. It was super fun. I just noticed your background. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this was a this was a fun role that uh, I got a um, I got a email from my agent, and then she actually called me up, which doesn't normally happen. But um, I in my when I'm not auditioning, I'm I'm part of a group called Shipwreck Comedy, which um, cool. I write stuff with my sister and we do a lot of period pieces we oh, do cool. a lot of um black and white old hollywood kind of stuff um so she called me up my agent called me up and was like i think this would be great so um yeah the the audition was basically just the scene and uh i did it my girlfriend helped me put it on tape and oh. i sent it in and um uh and then i got a call from the that they back. were calling me in. Yeah, I got a call back, and I went in, and it was really, it was really good. Like it was, it was almost, it wasn't really like a work session, but it, it, I, I, uh, I got put through the ringer in a, in a way. Like I got a lot of notes. We did the scene a bunch of times, um, and it, I felt very good after, which is not always how you feel leaving in leaving an audition, but um. The cool thing about it was that my mom was in town uh, visiting that week. So um, when I got the call that I got the part, my mom was staying with me. And that was kind of like a like a dream, like a lifelong dream, like being able to tell my mom and like see her face. Wow. That was like, pretty awesome. Well, because you, that, yeah. you alluded to like old Hollywood with, with what you do in the, uh, the comedy group that you're a part of. I mean, that I mean, that was like the perfect role i mean this is all about yeah. this film is all about old hollywood yeah it really yeah. is perfect i love that like, stuff you know yeah it's, it's it's serendipity almost right well i i remember thinking like boy if i didn't audition for this i would i would love this movie i would want to see this movie and i mean i david fincher is one of my favorite directors so i'd i would be in the bag for it anyways but the subject matter was very near and dear to my heart for sure absolutely Yep, I actually I watched Mank again today. It's my second time watching it through. Um, just wanted to focus a little more on your scene. And um, well, let's talk about David Fincher as a director, because I know he's the king of multiple takes. Yeah. He likes to do multiple, <laughs> multiple takes. In fact, Amanda Seyfried said one of her scenes, um, she said she thinks she did uh, her, about 200 takes uh, for her one scene. <laughs> Yeah, I'm curious with your scene because you know you're in a you're in a vehicle uh, that's in motion. 
Um, mm-hmm. I can imagine the logistics of doing retakes for that, unless there's some Hollywood magic uh, being uh, involved with that. But if you could talk to us about David Fincher's directorial style, and did you do the multiple take style? Yeah, we did it. We did so many takes, and if you told yeah. me I did a hundred takes, I would believe you. I wow. kind of lost <laughs> track because I was having, you know, like an out of body experience, and I. I was like, there are other things I need to be focused on here rather than the number of takes. But we actually, it was, it was um, a little bit of old Hollywood magic. We shot that scene on a soundstage. Okay. Um, and they had LED screens all surrounding oh, the car. Which what they use in the Mandalorian instead of a green yeah, screen, it, LED yeah, screens. Yeah, it was, it was the same thing. Yeah. And they nice. had, um, they had, it was really interesting how they did it. They had different screens. They knew exactly like the curves of the car. They had everything thought out. So they knew what types of reflections would work on different types of the car. So there were multiple screens, different sizes, different angles. Um, and they went and shot uh, plates for those screens. They shot like the, the backgrounds uh, near Victorville um, back in December. And so there is there was a little bit of timing especially towards the end of the scene um but overall we we would just be able to they'd be able to rewind the the screens and we we could uh start over but ah. a lot of takes wow some again great hollywood magic involved and of course losing a map in the wind causes mm-hmm. uh the sadly the car accident um that you both were involved with I was trying to find again any. Um, they didn't bring up what happened to your character after the crash. Was that meant no. to be? Was that meant yeah, to be uh, on purpose? Like, well, we knew we know that Mac recovered, but what happened to Tommy? Well, Tommy, when you see you see them um, pulling Mank out of the ditch, and I'm standing there, and I'm still talking about, I'm still going on about this girl that I was distracted by. Um, so I, so Tommy was fine. He okay, good. Out. Yeah. Um, okay. after that, I'm, I did, uh, I did hear from Gary Oldman that this was a real, uh, a thing that happened there that Mank's dry. This is what happened to, to Mank on his way to wherever he was going. He got into this accident cause his driver was, was distracted by a girl. And so that was real, but I don't know what, what ultimately happened to Tommy and his, his, um, the girl that he was in love with. I I hope they got together. But instead, they they decided to do a map that kind of flew in the wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the version, yeah. right, right. Which, if they had GPS back then, you, pro- you the crash <laughs> probably wouldn't have happened. <laughs> it's it's cool too because we did that so many times. Uh, yeah, there was a little air cannon, yeah. um, yeah. in the front, and I and it was very technical, like where I had to have the paper. Um, for it to catch on the wind and then we oh we only did it like i don't know i'd say we did it less than 10 times and then um and then david fincher was like well you know uh we can always cgi it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that doesn't sound point. like fincher but yeah <laughs> i figured because he's the, the king of multiple takes he's like yeah. we gotta get this right you know <laughs> hundreds and hundreds of times that's so awesome but you know uh he wasn't it wasn't um framed like oh we got to get this right which was cool every take was um let's try something new or let's he always had some thought or some some notes and it was always very thoughtful and very um 
there was it was never like I never thought that I was getting it wrong. I mean, I I did like deep down, but that's just who I am. Like there was no he was never like, okay, this isn't going well. We got to figure this out. It it was just a very relaxed set. Um every every take was just like a new chance to to try it out. I ne I never got the feeling that he was like going for something specific, you know. Awesome. How did you like work, working with Gary Oldman as a scene partner? Oh man, it was it was great. He's uh <laughs> I I did I did have to keep like telling myself like, "Oh my god, I'm sitting next to Gary Oldman." <laughs> <laughs> and he was great. It was it was so nice to see um to just see how an Oscar winner uh, works and, and not just yeah. in the scene, but just how he is on set and with people. And he yep. was so nice, so pleasant, just, just there to do his job and, and really a great scene partner. And I was just like, Oh wow. I, I really hope I can keep up with this guy. Wow. That is so cool to hear. Now, did you think, um, did you expect uh, the film to be well received by the Academy and, and all the award shows? Yeah, um, you never know, but but I think with this one, um, there were a lot of things in its favor. Uh, yes. The, the script was amazing. Uh, it captures the, the wit of the characters so well. Um, and then the, the talent involved, I mean, David Fincher, anytime he directs a movie, you have to think like, oh, the Academy might want to... Uh, the Academy might might take notice of this. Yeah. Uh, and then with with all the with uh, obviously also, also with Gary as the lead. And then um, behind the scenes, it was just the the costumes. Right. Um, the production design. Absolutely. Like, everything about that. everything was gorgeous. So and the cinematography, I think it's one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen. Um. I can't get over it. I think it's amazing. So, um, yeah, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't expecting it because um, you, you are often disappointed when you expect it. Right, here. right. Uh, but I wasn't surprised, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, gosh, looking at, like you said, the cinematography, the costuming, uh, production design, everything uh, was just on point. And um, kudos to the production team for putting that all together because I know there are challenges when we're doing something that's a period piece, you know, per se, you know, even though this is what the 1930s, mm -hmm. um, 1930s, but, early forties. Yeah. Right. Right. So, um, fantastic. Um, and the, the, the camera that was used, uh, was a red camera, but, uh, was shot entirely in black and white. So there's no mm -hmm. color version that's going to be floating in the future yeah. uh, of this film, which, I was I was curious is that uh, on I guess the final decision to make this film black and white. Do you think that um, was a positive? Or would you have loved to have seen a color version of Mank? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I no, I love it. I love it black and white. Uh, I'm a real sucker for that kind of stuff. And yeah. I love the idea that it's like presented as a almost a companion piece to Citizen Kane. Like yeah. this is what this movie would have looked like if it had also come out around that time. That's great. That's a great statement on that. Yeah, definitely. And definitely. sounded like. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did you watch Citizen Kane um, as soon as you were cast? Like rewatch it? Uh, I didn't rewatch it as soon as I was cast. I I watched it in college in a film class, and I okay. think 
that was the best way to experience that film for the first time because you got all the context of like why is this so revered because uh, on the surface it's it's a really good movie but there were also so many things that that were being done for the first like the first it's the first time you saw like ceilings you know the the, the way he played with the camera and yeah. um so i know i remember seeing it years ago and loving it and then um right before make came out um i rewatched citizen kane uh just oh. to get that uh and i think that was smart because <laughs> there are some definite um nods to citizen kane in the movie that uh that I would have been confused about if I hadn't rewatched it. Interesting. Now, do you think if it, we weren't in the pandemic that this, that Mac would have had the traditional theatrical release and maybe eventually been on Netflix, but not a direct to Netflix release, or was it always originally planned to be on Netflix? I'm not sure. I, I think knowing Netflix, it was probably always a direct to Netflix thing, but with a, 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 the, a theatrical release, sort of how they did the Irishman. Exactly. Um, yes. Year. Yes. That's awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah, I would love to see it on a big screen. I think it'll. I think it'll be really great. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, would you have t- attended the Oscars uh, had they been an in-person event? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think Tommy. I mean, you're that. part of the ensemble <laughs> yeah. cast, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, if there were. Uh, I, you know, if Netflix had thrown a big Oscar party, then maybe. There but. you go. Yes, the parties. Yeah. Netflix. <laughs> yeah, the best part. I've been to some of those Netflix parties. Uh-huh. Holy smokes. They, they, they go all out. They go yeah. all out. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've been to the House of Cards one. Oh, nice. Uh, I've been to... Um, I've been to the SAG, uh, SAG After Awards, After Party for Netflix. Those parties are amazing. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they, have they know endless, how to throw a party. Yes, yes. Endless... <laughs> Endless budget to, to make it like the best time that you ever have. So that's one thing I do miss. What do you miss most about the uh, uh, in this pandemic world that we're living in as an actor? What do you miss the most? As an actor, uh, I well, I miss being on set. And that is something that um, is more. My my group, uh, Shipwrecked, w- last m- March, we were about to launch a Kickstarter for our our big next project. Oh, and cool. thankfully, we were able to pump the brakes before uh, before anything happened. Um, and for smaller creators like us, um, it's still a little touch and go about like when we'll be able to do it. Um, big productions are are still are working. Um, but that's what I miss the most is sort of being that part of my career where I was like, oh, I'm gonna take control and and make my own stuff has really been on hold the last year. And um, that's what I miss. I don't miss um, driving an hour and a half to Santa Monica for an audition. <laughs> yes. That. And I hope that that yes. we keep this sort of like. You got to love uh, the self tape auditions, right? Love them. Yeah. Well, yeah, you should. But but um, <laughs> there's something to be said about having one take. That's it. You get one try and that's it. Um, because with the Mank self tape, uh, my poor girlfriend I I don't know how many times we did it. I I had to go for a walk in the middle. I was like, this is hard. And that's um, the biggest the biggest audition of your career, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 Um, 
but there's a when you're doing a self tape and you, you have like three days to get it in there's definitely an urge to just be like well i'm gonna keep doing this and then all of a sudden you have 20 takes and you have to watch them all and none of them are different <laughs> when you're up there in front of the camera thinking like okay this time i'm gonna try this um it's great but then you sit down and you're like what did i do why do i have now i have to like figure out which one to send yes it's, it's stressful Yes, but then when you go to the audition room in person, you have that one chance to make that yeah. first impression. Whereas the self-tape, you can do as many times and mm -hmm. figure out which one was the best to send yeah. off. That's another advantage of mm -hmm. self-tape uh, as an actor myself. But uh, my, my, my fellow panelists, you've been a little uh, quiet. If you uh, guys anything well, uh, throughout. Yeah. Especially being from the – I mean, um, our, our show is uh, based in the, uh, the Baltimore, D.C. area. I notice you have a special love for Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. And uh, so tell me about that. Tell me about like what got you into writing all these Poe-based um, Yeah. Texts. So uh, my sister and I are writing partners, and we created our group Shipwrecked. Um, we started off because my sister Sinead had written um, a sketch about Edgar Allan Poe, and we're both from the Boston area. So growing up, we were we were very, um, you know, history and, and literature were just a part of our lives every day. We worked in Salem, Massachusetts. We worked at the museums. We would go by the House of Seven Gables every day. Yeah, there. Yeah. Been, yeah that's, it's great. It's fun. If you ever went to the Pirate Museum, tour. maybe I gave you a tour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, nice. Probably like four years ago. Well, maybe I didn't. Okay. No, no, you. <laughs> um, so Sinead wrote this this uh, funny sketch about Edgar Allan Poe, um, and so we did it. And then we had this whole house for the day, so we ended up writing. We ended up doing a whole a whole like mini series about Edgar Allan Poe and his ghost roommate as roommates, um, and Edgar Allan Poe, who I played, and I played him as this like dour, insecure, but slightly. Um, arrogant, creative, um, tortured artist. And then my sister played uh, Lenore, his roommate, as this sort of um, peppy valley girl type. And it was a really fun dynamic. And then we started just branching out into... Um, in one in in one of the episodes, she mentions like a dinner party they had. So we were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we did a series that was about that dinner party? And one of our favorite movies ever is Clue. So... We were like, what if it's a dinner party, but it's a murder mystery with all these fun, these all, all these famous authors um, from time. So we had Ernest Hemingway, we had Oscar Wilde, and we just start, we just sort of got really into this, this Edgar Allan Poe character and this dynamic with, um, with his roommate. It was really fun for us. But um, we all, yeah, Edgar Allan Poe also called Boston his home, and he um, hated it. <laughs> Even though there's a statue in Boston of Edgar Allan Poe, um, Baltimore will fight them for it. Yeah. Oh, Baltimore will win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. to Baltimore to um, see any of the stuff here we have, like the his gravesite and um, house. I I've never been. I've never been to to that area, and I really want to. Um, and I would definitely will uh, check out the all the Poe related stuff. Yeah. There's a restaurant. Uh, called the raven i believe it's, it's yeah edgar Allan poe themed 
uh, restaurant. Really yeah, cool place. Yeah, I think I saw that. I think we saw that once when we were just researching Poe stuff, and we were yes. like, man, we got to go here. Yeah, I think I think the horse claims to be the bar where he like had his last drink, right? The horse you came in on is like yeah. one of the oldest bars in America <laughs> in the entire really? country. Yes, the horse the you came in on. I'm going to write that down. On. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, he had his last drink there. They his say his last and, drink. Wow. And That's died cool. outside of the uh, I mean, bar. It's oh. not cool that he had his last drink there. You mean similar to River Phoenix in the Viper Room in L.A.? That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, interesting. Well, I'm looking at shipwreckcomedy.com, um, your official website, and right right on the front page, Edgar Allan Poe's uh, Murder Mystery Dinner Party. Mm-hmm. Right, right there, yeah. So you can check it out. Um, and uh, the series uh, runs uh, 11 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, wow, this is something... Uh, that I definitely want to check out. Yeah, it's fun. Cool. It's fun. I, I see the similar vibe to Mank with the old Hollywood thing going on. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. How cool, man. Yeah. I bet the casting directors watch Shipwreck Comedy. Watch some of these episodes. I mean, that yeah. might have went into their casting process. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. That's so cool. Um, so let's talk about some of your other credits. Uh, of course, you did the procedurals, uh, Criminal Minds, without a trace yeah um bio says you're alluding to a hat trick so is it you want to add one more procedural to yeah your, uh... yeah i feel like i need another one uh, like an Ooh. ncis or something law and order svu FBI. yeah oh, oh law and order is is the dream but law and order SVU, yes yeah <laughs> okay okay so the, the the hat trick of the three the three yeah. <laughs> procedural shows yeah <laughs> Now, would you would you want to be a series regular on a procedural? It seems like it's like so encompassing of your schedule, though. If you were a series regular on a show like that, yeah. Yeah, I, I've se- I've been on sets where they are, they're in their you know sixth or fifth or seventh season, and they and yeah. the series regulars are clearly like, um, not fully into it anymore. I guess. Yeah, you know, it's not, <laughs> for Ice Cube. Yeah, I, oh, for sure. I think Ice Cube is still loving his Law and Order SVU. He gives 110% all the it time. It is 18, 18 <laughs> seasons, or how many seasons? Uh, I don't know how many seasons it's been on, but it's been on forever. <laughs> yeah, whichever version he's on, I don't even know. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I would love it. I mean, uh, uh, you know, the stability is, it would be so nice. Um, the stability and the insurance. I'm at that age where I'm like, oh, man, I want better insurance. Um, <laughs> and... It doesn't. It doesn't totally mean you can't work some other stuff into your schedule, you know? right? Especially these days, people are doing that all the time. So, I would. I would say yes if anybody's listening. Yes. I going to like American <laughs> Horror Story type of show. I mean, if you can mm-hmm. play Edgar Allan Poe, you can play some of those crazy characters oh, on that show. Be amazing. Yeah. Love it. I can definitely see that. Yeah. Thanks. Is there any other projects you want to? pursue in any any genre you can think of that you'd love to add any any genre um yes that's that's a good question because probably uh historical old hollywood uh period piece was number one on my list got it check got it yeah got it um i aimed high uh (laughs) um i would love to do I just want to, I want to do some like weird comedy, some, uh, another one of my favorites is Wet Hot American Summer. Love to do something like that. That's just sort of like, I don't think, I don't know if anybody ever wants to do something that's considered a cult classic. 
Yeah. Um, but I think I think that would be fun to know that like you did this weird thing and it really hit with a small group of people. Yeah. Um, that'd be cool. But you know what? Also, Marvel. I'm, yes. I'm open to that too. Yeah. All of us are Marvel fans. Yeah. DCEU fans, Star That's... Wars, any yeah. of that. I mean, yeah. that that would just be amazing. So Marvel is the popular list for as far as the superhero genre. Versus- yeah, I was a I was a big uh, comic book nerd when I was growing up. Oh. Uh, like my my mom would take I me like to the- myself the generals. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom would take me to the the shop every Wednesday. Um, what was your favorite? Would- what was your what was your favorite comic growing up, or what got you into comics? Like, um, what was comic. I actually still have the first comic my mom got me. It was an uh, an X Men annual. Uh huh. And um, so that was my that was my in. I was a big X Men fan. Nice, nice. Yeah, um, it's like I remember. Great. Yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. And I I was super. It was around um just after Jim Lee took over. Um, it was the Jim Lee Chris Claremont era. So Gambit was yeah, my favorite. That's a cool. good run. Yeah, I loved Nightcrawler. Um, well, which Marvel character could you see yourself playing? Uh, well, growing up, I always wanted to be Spider-Man, um, and that's, you know, they've got the perfect Spider-Man now, so. Are you related to Tom Holland? Yeah, I love him. <laughs> um, what other one could I, that's a good question. Hmm. Well, you already mentioned Nightcrawler with some, yeah, yeah, yeah. With some prosthetics. Prosthetics, I mean, yeah, work on my German accent. Yeah. yeah. That'd be fun. That'd be super fun. Sean, your nationality is Indian-American, correct? Yeah, yeah. The dude... Are you cast as usually um, multi-ethnic or mostly Indian, or are you versatile? You can do all different kinds of nationalities. Um, you know, I don't. I, it's tough because I I feel like I'm I'm fairly white passing. Most people look at me and just just think I'm you know uh, um, just full just full-blooded white. And then some people are like, well, we can't really place you. And I always thought that that was going to be like a good thing and um out here it's like no (laughs) people want to see you and and know exactly what you are a lot of people (laughs) look at me and they can't they can't quite place me they can't really figure out where i belong um so i did go i did have a manager once who really leaned into um my my indian heritage and sent me out for a lot of um indian parts and then i would walk into the the waiting room and uh there would be all these wonderful Indian actors, uh, some of whom I knew. And I would just be like, well, I'm not really sure why I'm here. <laughs> I feel like I'm wasting <laughs> time. And then I, the more and more, more and more I would show up to, into these waiting rooms and I'd see the same people and I'd be like, hey guys. <laughs> um, so that hasn't really, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I haven't really played uh, any multi-ethnic parts, but okay. we'll see. Of course, I've it's made always Bollywood. Oh. Yeah, Bollywood oh, yeah. I just, not? I've, I need to learn how to sing and dance. Okay. <laughs> <But> <laughs> that, that seems pretty easy. <laughs> Are you 100% um, Indian? No, uh, my dad. My dad's Indian, um, and he went to he, he's okay. he he's from Guyana in South America. Okay. Um, and he moved to Scotland for school, and he met my mom, who is from Scotland. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, so so I'm half Indian, half Scottish, and I would say my sisters look more 
um, uh, Indian than I do. Oh, okay. Interesting. All right. Well, um, wow. I, I'm just so happy about, uh, about your role in Manic and, and how it's, it's being so well received at the Academy. And of course the Oscars coming up, uh, uh, is it April 25th? I believe yeah, I so. April 25th. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Any special plans you can do a watch party or, um, trying to figure out who's kind of, who's going to come over. Okay. Um, my my friends from college have have been hosting an Oscar party every year since we oh, were in fun. college, and I've gone every year since we were in in Boston. Um, and this will be the first year where we don't have that. The for the one year that I'm in one of the movies. Um, wow. but we might have oh, a couple wow. people over, and then my girlfriend has a, she got a red carpet. We're gonna oh, be nice. dressing up. She's oh, that's nice. Oh, great. Yeah, so it'll be fun. So uh, I guess it's. I guess you're rooting for uh, Mag for Best Picture, Gary Oldman for Best Actor, yeah. Amanda Seyfried for Best Supporting Actress. I'm yeah, guessing. definitely. Your yeah. team Mank all the way. Team Mank, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling in. I'm, I'm yeah. definitely, uh, definitely pulling for Mank, of course. Uh, fantastic film. This will be the first year I don't do an Oscar pool because I'm too nervous. I have too much, too much invested. <laughs> <laughs> I did have one... Um, question on your thoughts because i guess this is the early when the film got released there was a little bit of controversy with gary oldman being so much older than the actress that played his wife and oh, that right. and the other two leads and lily collins and amanda seyfried um these are all women under 40 mm-hmm. and apparently um for whatever reason they didn't cast any women over any women in lead in the in lead roles in this film over 40 mm-hmm. um and a part of it also was that Gary Oldman was portraying a character that was much younger than his actual age. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what were your thoughts on that controversy? I don't know. I definitely I definitely see what people were saying. Um I I did like that the the um you know, it wasn't portrayed as as this character having all these romantic entanglements with with younger women. Um, but I do, yeah, I think the issue is that, is that the character of Mank was, um, was younger than Gary is. Um, although if you look at them, um, Herman Mankiewicz was a, was a hard liver. Uh, you know, he enjoyed himself and and it shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you look at them, they're not, I mean, I didn't think it was that far off. Okay. Um, and I think that just that we know Gary Oldman and, and how old he is, we, we bring that in to the movie with with us we can't help it um but yeah i i don't i don't know i don't really know it's complicated it, and wasn't i definitely for the time it. period wasn't that even like even more common so than even now yeah oh for sure yeah yeah so i mean they're staying true to the time period yeah, true to the times but um in real life mank and his wife were the same age for what I, I i'm not sure I'm not sure, but I, yeah, I don't think that there was a a huge discrepancy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I can see. But yeah, I can definitely see it. Yeah. See how some people got all all up Mm -hmm. in arms, but you know, I, I didn't really notice it, but, but, um, well, Sean, it it was great talking to you here on below the belt show. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This is so much. And, uh, if you could, before you go, uh, throw out, um, a little plug, uh, let us know who you are, um, your character in Mank. Let us know you're on Below the Belt. 
throw out whatever you want, catchphrase, plug, whatever you want at the end. Catchphrase. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Hi, I'm Sean Prasad. I play Tommy in the Netflix movie Mank. I'm here on Below the Belt. And uh, go team Mank. <laughs> yeah, all right. Go team Mank at the Oscars. Yeah, I'm really loving, like, I'm, I'm on Shipwrecked, uh, shipwreckedcomedy.com, and American Whoopi looks like it's hysterically funny. Looks like it, it, it was. Yeah, that was fun. We did, like, a, a teen sex comedy if it had come out in the 20s. Yeah. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah, I, I, I wish I did a little, some viewing of, of your shipwreck comedy now. Yeah. I'm going gonna, gonna to be doing that now. Yeah, uh, I spent all my time on Mac today. So yeah. Understandable. Yeah, but um, that is so cool. But uh, Sean, thank you so much. Any other last minute plugs? Uh, yeah, just check out check out Shipwreck Comedy. Um, we've got yeah. a lot uh, brewing for this year. Really, some some fun stuff that I'm very very excited for. Excellent. Wow. Let's do a snapshot. Yeah, a little photo op. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, on the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Good. All right, Sean. Thanks so much for calling in. Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye. Have a good one.